When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Uncommon Drive Podcast with Jeff Cross and Chad Ozy. Join us as we look at life, leadership, and legacy through the lens of sports officiating. All right, don't do what you normally do when you start the podcast. Don't do it. Don't think that this is where we're going to say, well, hey, welcome to another episode, because we're not. We're going to come to you right away. And what we're going to say is pull out that device that you are listening to right now. You, you may be on Bluetooth in your car and just go and you start it on your watch, whatever. Take that device out and do one of two things. Either leave us a review and rating, even That's if right. you've never listened to our podcast before. It's a perfect time to do it right now. Mm-hmm. Or if you don't have the access to do that, shoot us an email at uncommondrivepodcast at gmail.com. What we want you to do in that email is we want you to tell us what you would love to hear from us over the course of this next season. Mm-hmm. We're getting ready to wrap up baseball, head into basketball, and some of you are working football or volleyball or other sports. And as we head into new things, we would love to be able to talk about what you want to hear. So we thought this would be a perfect time right here at the top of the show to be able to say, send us that information so that we can give you something that is beneficial to you, helpful to you, all that kind of good stuff. Now, that being said, welcome to another episode of the Uncommon Drive Podcast. My name is Chad Ozy, and I am here with Jeff Cross. How are you doing today, Jeff? I'm well. I'm very well. Thank you. You know, the... the the statement I want to say is, how can we give you what you want unless you tell us what you want? That's a great statement. You know, I mean, we're out here, me and Chatter, we're brainstorming, man. We're trying to keep on going. And I remember a good friend of mine, Katie Reese's, you know, she said, I really like the podcast. I just don't, you know, can you, can you keep up the content for that long? Well, here we are, you know, trying to finish up. Year two, well, I think right. we started in like November or October. Yeah, but October, yeah. We're, we're close to finishing up year two. Um and we're beating our <laughs> brains out here trying to come up with ideas. So uh, we need your help. We need If you want this podcast to continue, we need you to weigh in. We That's need you to right. weigh in and tell us what you want. And we'll give it a whirl. We may not know what we're talking about. But we'll give it a whirl. That's right. If we don't know what we're talking about, which is quite often if you've been mm-hmm. listening for Truth. any length of time at all, yeah. uh, we'll do our best to bring in some folks that maybe do know what they're talking about. Got a couple of those lined up soon. We're looking forward to that. And not only is Jeff well today, as we sit across the table uh, in studio slash office uh, recording yeah. today, but Jeff is also dry. Yeah, I am. Mm-hmm. Which, if we had scheduled our recording any later at all in the day, he would not have been dry because he chose to ride his golf cart over sure. again. Mm-hmm. And it is pouring. So if you hear some of those noises in the background, we apologize for that. Can't edit all of it out. Uh, but there is some uh, there's some rain going on in the background there. And we'll do our best to, to keep that extraneous noise to a minimum today when we uh, put out this uh, podcast. Maybe well, thunder and lightning. It could be. As we're connected to the electricity. That's exactly we're right. We're both bald. It's all right. Our hair is gone. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. 
Well, Jeff, first of all, just tell me, how, how have you been the last couple weeks? Well, you know, I, I, I took my vacation. Yep. I don't think we've talked since I've uh, gone back from vacation. Spent uh, six, seven quality days in uh, Ludington, Michigan area. Yeah. Uh, went fishing every day. Mm-hmm. Every day. One day I went fishing so much that I probably shouldn't have been fishing so much, but when I came off the boat, I didn't have my, my land legs. I'm like, is this is the house still moving? What do we got going on here? So <laughs> I clearly overdid it, but yeah. um, I was that's okay by me. And I spent most of that day fishing by myself. Yeah. Because it was a beach day for everyone else. I'm like, I'm good. I'm just gonna hang out and go fishing. It was kind of a windy day, breezy sure. day, so the boat was not sitting still. So that was good. We caught, you know we ate all the fish. But, you know, we're upwards of the 100 fish mm-hmm. between perch and, you know, other fish and northern pike and stuff. So we, we flayed them all up. We fried them all up. And we had them on, on, I think it was Friday, Friday night we had them, or Thursday night. And it was a great time, by me anyway. I sure. don't know by all, but it was a great time. Gina got some nice sun in, you know. I, here's the deal. Now, I know Gina listens all the time, but I want to know from you. When when Megan does she get sunburn? She does. Yeah. So, I feel like when Gina gets sunburn, that means more work for me. <laughs> right? Okay. Hey, can you lotion me and mo- lotion in the morning, lotion in the afternoon, lotion in the evening, and then you know we're a week after vacation. She's still. Hey, can you put some more lotion? I'm like, man, this is work for you to get suntan. Well, see, here's the here's the difference though. See with. With Megan, she's super good about the preemptive stuff, right? Oh, I'm okay. a sunblock, do mm-hmm. whatever yeah, and all. Yeah. Both my kids burn like crazy. We just got back from vacation as well. Mm-hmm. So every morning, all that kind of thing. I actually try to switch out. Like when she hands me the sunscreen to put on her, like to put on her back or whatever, you yeah. know, I'll trade it out with like hand lotion or something like that. Something that'll cause her to burn worse. So that mm-hmm. way I get the opportunity to rub lotion on her for the next two weeks. Oh, see, see, it's per- totally and completely, you know, selfish on my part. Oh, you need me to rub lotion on you, hon? No problem. I got That's you. what happens. You've been married for two years, opposed to 31. <laughs> <laughs> this is oh, definitely not about officiating. That's exactly right. It's not about <laughs> yeah, officiating. But I had a nice regroup. I got, you know, I got a chance to do that. Looking forward to the next one in September, which is, you know, just a few weeks away, really. I mean, yeah. I guess it's eight weeks away or so, but... Looking forward to that. That'll be around my birthday, and and then it'll be time for basketball. Yeah, it's crazy how quick it's it's coming up. Our family, uh, <clears throat> Megan and I and two kids, we went uh, down to Florida with Megan's parents. It was mm-hmm. kind of fun to get to have that little uh, trip away and get to do that. And uh, we, we did not relax a lot on our vacation. It was a pretty go, 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 go vacation. Not a big fan of that. But um, one of the great things about that was – you know, my, my daughter was only home for three and a half weeks or is only home for three and a half weeks this summer. We typically get her home for about four or five days at Thanksgiving, get her home for about 10 days at Christmas and then three and a half weeks or so in the summer. So that's not a lot. You know, a lot of college kids are coming home for three months in the summer Mm -hmm. and a month at Christmas and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so, and then this year when she goes back, my son's going back with her. So they're both going to be going to the same school. They're both going to be on that same schedule. And so it was just a really short period of time to be able to, you know, make some memories and have some time together and and all that. And so 
it was probably a, a good vacation to go, go, go. Because, you know, when that happens, there are just more stories sometimes that come out of that. You know, you're tired, you get a little slap happy, mm. and so funny <laughs> things happen. Yeah. Or, you know, because you're up early and going to bed late, then there's just more hours of the day to have things happen and stories to tell and all that. And so it was it was really fun. We had a, a really good time. Um we uh, we got to try some things we hadn't tried before, do some stuff. We uh, I, I mentioned on the podcast before that we were going, I was going to take a little break from my my regular diet regimen while mm-hmm. we were on the trip. And one of the proudest moments that I had the entire trip, we went to uh, Boma. So Boma is a restaurant at the Animal Kingdom Lodge in Disney, and it's a buffet. Okay, they have all of these different African places and things that you can eat there. But this one was a buffet. And normally I would choose the more sit-down kind of place. Typically, like, the food's going to be a little higher quality. Because instead of just, you know, cooking for the masses and putting it out in big trays or whatever. But the unique thing about doing it this way is that then we got to try lots of different stuff. Right? Mm-hmm. By doing this. And so it had African food. It had Indian food. And it had American food. At this buffet. So like some of the African food that they had was they would have like these different kinds of couscous. And they had African spiced, essentially like a prime rib. Okay. But with some of those African kind of spices, everything. They had oxtail soup. Mm. They had different things. They had these different Indian foods. They had, you know, some, some curries and soups and these different hummus that were there and all that kind of stuff. And then they had like chicken fingers and macaroni and cheese and French fries. Oh, from the American stuff. side. Yeah, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. And so we we got together. We all sat down at the table. And we headed up to the, the buffet. And I watched the stuff that my kids were getting. Now, my, my kids are 20 and 21. So mm-hmm. we're not talking about like a six-year-old that only eats macaroni and cheese. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, looking at all this stuff. And most of it they've never had. They've never tried. They've never whatever. And so I watched them as they brought their plates back to the table. There was not a single thing on their plate that they could get at any restaurant around where we live. There was no chicken fingers. There was no French fries. Like even like the desserts, there was no cupcakes or chocolate chip cookies Mm -hmm. or anything like that. It was all the the more adventurous, different kind of stuff. And I was so proud as a parent in that moment because it's like, when you get the opportunity to try something new, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you? Yeah. You know, I I can eat chicken fingers 10 different places in town today. You know, right. I can get French fries 100 different <laughs> places in town today. Even when you don't want them. That's right, you know. <laughs> but I can't get oxtail soup every place that I go. Yeah. You know, I can't get this lamb babka dish. <laughs> you know, here in town or whatever. And it was it was just so fun to watch that because I think, you know, I, I think all of us, we get set in our patterns, we get set in our ways, and we have the things that we like and the things that we do. And for us to be able to get outside of that from time to time, I think is really important. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's really important in our world as sports officials. You know, I've, I've seen you, you know, some of us, we, we prepare for the season the same way every time, every year, Mm -hmm. you know, well, what if you switch up that workout routine Mm -hmm. a little bit going into this season, do something just a little new, a little Mm -hmm. different, 
well, I always get together with the same three or four people and we do our test prep, you know, or we go to the clinic together or we do this or we do they that. all sit together. That's yeah, right. That's thing, you know, yeah. well, what if, what if we switch that up a little yeah, bit and right. experience something new? Because it was so funny. <laughs> the funniest statement the whole day is at the, at the end of every day, we did something kind of neat on vacation. I would really challenge families to do this. If you're doing anything special the rest of the summer, you know what? It's even something you could do just at the end of a regular day. Okay. But the when the four of us got back to our hotel room, we would ask this question of everybody. Number one, what was your favorite thing about the day? Mm-hmm. Right? Everybody would say. The next thing that we would ask is, what was your most challenging thing about the day? Mm. Right? And so for some people, it may have been like a negative. Yeah. Right? Oh, I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. Whatever. For some people, it may have been something that truly was like a challenge. Like it wasn't necessarily, it was negative, but it was hard to get through or, sure. was, you know, whatever. Like it was super hot one day. It was like 98 degrees with a real feel of 117 or something like that, you know? That doesn't even sound legal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but then we would always ask the question at the end, what'd you learn today? Mm-hmm. Okay. So that was the the last thing that we asked. And you're like, okay, well, can you really have, you know, life lessons like that at a Disney vacation or whatever? Sure. But we did. Like all the time. And then the cool thing was, is it kind of got the kids and us thinking in that situation. So we finished up our day there at uh, having that meal. And the next day, Caleb brought up that conversation with my in-laws. Because we, we hadn't done that with them. We'd just done it the four of us. Mm-hmm. So we're sitting there at lunch the next day. And Caleb's like, so uh, Kent, Deb. What was your what was your favorite thing about yesterday? Mm-hmm. You know, and he brought that up, which is really cool. And then when it kind of came back around to him, he goes, "Oh, you know what? The coolest thing about yesterday was, I am a huge fan of hummus." <laughs> <laughs> He'd never had it before. Now, I don't know that those words have ever been spoken in the English language together before. I am uh, a huge <laughs> fan of hummus. You know, yeah, and uh, and all. But I thought it was I, I thought it was great to experience something new like that. And so I thought maybe as we kick off the uh, the conversation here today, since we came out of a vacation and right. things, things like that and all, I want you to think back over um, your last year, okay? Baseball, basketball, doesn't matter what it is, okay? Yeah, yeah. What was your favorite thing about this last year for you in sports officiating? Bro, you're supposed to, like, give me... You know, can't you, if you got my phone number, send me a text. Say, hey, listen, I'm going to ask you this question. That would not be any fun whatsoever. <laughs> I, I, truly. You're like, so oh. much more fun when you're off the cuff. I have. Okay. So table that question for a second, okay. but I want to mention something. Yeah. So you talked about, you know, trying things new and, and getting these, opening up these conversations. Like what was your most favorite part of the day? Yeah. So um, if anybody follows my uh, social media on Facebook and Instagram, you know, I've been working with this this boy uh, uh, Jack Dalton yeah and he was you know he was a, he's a freshman going into freshman class and he was just struggling with his fitness so we just started to start working out together but and I was talking to my wife talking to Gina but I was like you know Jack is is a man of few words how's it going Jack good mm-hmm. get a good night's sleep yes <laughs> what are you doing today nothing you know, all one word, and and my wife's the best. She's like, you've got to ask him questions that require some 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 answers besides yes, no, and yeah, all those things. Smoking into questions. So one of the things, and now Jack's had some pretty good success over the last six or seven weeks, but um, 
one of the questions I asked him was, do you have any regrets? And he said, absolutely not. His only regret was that he wanted to start it sooner, and he, and he went on to elaborate. So even... You know, when I have these conversations with your, when you have these conversations with your spouses or your friends, they can give you those great ideas because I knew that, but she had to remind me of like, oh, that's, that's what I need to do. So now I can't get him to stop talking (laughs) because I'm asking all these open-end questions. So, um, it's, a Good job, Gina, for making me yeah. get, get some conversation out of Jack. So, and it was kind of funny. We uh, we had a little family get-together last night. I have an aunt and uncle in from Oregon. Mm. And uh, my sister, who is friends with you on social mm. media and that kind of thing, she I don't know if you've noticed, but like every post that you made about Jack, she's either commented, liked something, right? Mm-hmm. So she talked to me last night. She goes, I don't know who this Jack kid is. Like, I don't know who he is at all. But he has been working so hard yeah. and doing such stuff. She's like... I am going to comment on every single one of them because right. I think a kid like that needs to be encouraged. That's right. And yeah. I thought how cool because you know Jack's not only doing that for himself, mm-hmm. but it's even making an impact on somebody he doesn't even know. Right, right. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and you know Jack doesn't have that social media account, so Jack mm-hmm. doesn't have yeah, you know people following him or yep. anything like that. You know, he, um, his parents typically tell him what's happening. You know, yeah. and he's pretty excited to see that. But um, I think I think your sister's right. You know. Just by what we're doing, even if we didn't post something on Instagram or Facebook, if they drive by and they see Jack and I outside, I'm saying it wrong. Me and Jack, is that right? However. Okay, me and Jack outside working in the heat. Those people driving by could be potentially... You know, inspired to, you know what, maybe I need to go to the gym today, or maybe I don't need the pumpkin pie, or maybe I don't need the apple pie. So, um, those are things that now are. Now I want pumpkin pie. Way to go, Jeff. Yeah. Well, that would be the only pie I want is pumpkin <laughs> for sure. But, uh, so I think, you know, we all have that ability, not just Jack. We all have that ability to, to, uh, take control of our, our own circumstances. And just by the ripple effect and the waves, the wake that we put out, is going to affect the people that are around us. So, thankfully, Gina caused me to get some good conversation piece out of. So I like that. The question was, what, what is, was your favorite thing about this last year for you as a sports official? I can't I say can. the end of it, right? <laughs> yeah. um, See the cogs th- turning. Yeah, I think probably because that's you know. Ultimately, that was, you know, four months in basketball and another two months in baseball, six months. Um, I would say very hard to pick one, but one of the things that uh, was my favorite was, believe it or not, during the baseball season. Okay. During the baseball season to, um, to connect with some listeners. You know, mm-hmm. be able to connect like, yeah, we listen. I listen all the time. And um, just to have those, build those relationships. And, you know, uh, I am not the one that people contact typically about the podcast. They typically mm-hmm. contact you. So when I get a chance to meet those people and visit with them, that was a, a delayed gratification for me. Yeah. You know, something that we've been doing, like we talked about a year and a half. And now I finally get to visit with a couple of people that are on the podcast or that have, that have listened to the podcast. That was 
more rewarding to me than anything. So it's probably at the very, very top. Um, I also think that uh, um, for me, basketball-wise, my my postseason was you know very successful. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but it's it's just it's it's something different. Every time you get the email or the notification saying you've been selected for a conference tournament, mm-hmm. it's just it's just something different. And I think the reason I was more excited about that this year is because last year's was cut off early. Mm. The year before was cut short a little bit. Yeah. And um, so I was I was thankful to be able to be you know back in that mix again. Not that I ever left it, but you know I didn't get a chance to finish what I started two years ago. So I was able to do that this year. So those are probably my two top things how about yeah, you that's pretty cool um you know if i had to pull something that was just about accomplishment mm-hmm. you know that kind of thing um you know i i had some really great assignments you know mm-hmm. this last year i had a couple really cool assignments in basketball i had a couple really great weekends i got to go work in baseball uh, even just just a couple weeks ago i had the opportunity to work the uh, all-star game in the independent minor league, uh, mm-hmm. that I work. Uh, and you know, when you look at, you know, how many officials are out there in each one of those sports, mm-hmm. you know, and anytime you get, you know, assignments like that, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like you said, getting the email about the conference tournament, you know, there's just something special yeah. knowing that you're being, um, recognized for the work that you do. Um, and, and I, I think that's, that's really been kind of neat, but I think probably the thing that I love the most about this last season for me was some of the opportunities that I got to mix what I do with who I care about, mm, you know? That? So like there were times that my, you know, I'd, I'd have this big assignment or whatever and my family got mm. to be there. Mm. Or I got to work it with people that have been really instrumental mm-hmm. in me moving forward or things like that. And uh, to me, that was every bit as important as the game I was working. Mm. You know, because we don't always get the opportunity to do that. And especially as we progress, a lot of times what happens is we we're the one that has to help carry some of that you know we're, we're the one that has to i mean if you want to use that crew chief mentality or what you know we're, we're the one okay if, if something happens if, if, if it all starts to fall apart there's one person we're going to look at right mm-hmm. you know we got to figure this thing out <laughs> um but then so as you progress you don't always get to be on a crew with three or four however many of the crew is people that are at that level that do that kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And so then when you do get to go work one like that, it's like, oh, mm-hmm. like, it's just fun, mm-hmm. you know? And it's, there are things that are fun about working with new and upcoming officials and all that. I mean, that, there's a different kind of gratification that comes mm-hmm. with that. Uh, but it's really cool when you're like, man, we're, we're going to have so much fun out on the court today. So mm-hmm. much fun out on the, the field today. And, uh, and I think that's, that's really neat. You know, it's, it's interesting. I, every year, every year I look and, you know, see who potentially is new on staff and everything. And then I also 
I, I, I can I'm re, I, like I can remember myself doing this. Yeah. Like I hope I get a game with this new official. Mm-hmm. It'd be so cool if I got a chance to experience that with them. Yeah. Um, you know, people, the ones that you see, you know, whatever, in, in a Division three camp, and, you know, they finally got hired in a, in a small Division one league or whatever. And you're like, man, I'm glad they got picked up. Now I hope I get a chance to work with them. So um, it feels good. It oh, does, yeah. It does feel good. Um, there's a good chance that some of the, you know, the newer umpires or officials – you know, they black out during the whole scenario. They don't remember what they did or how they got there. Um, so you you might have to recall them, you know, say, hey, remember when we worked our game five years ago? It was your first Division One game. So yeah. um, it's our job as, as, if you want to call us veterans or more experienced, to make sure they remember those situations and make sure they, they uh, take note of the situation. So I think I've mentioned that story before. I had – and I'll, I'll say it again, and like we talked about earlier, sometimes things are just worth repeating. That's all yeah. there is to it. Um, I had a Division Two game with with someone that was the very first ever Division Two game, and uh, they called an offensive foul at like whatever five thirty two, and we came in at halftime, and I said five thirty two, and she's like, "What's that?" I said, "That's your first ever Division Two player control foul," mm-hmm. you know. So just remember those kind of things. So that's. We need to be able to help do that because I wish people would have done that for me. Yeah. Um, not that I would have remembered, but I, you know, I'm not a big nostalgia guy. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to, as I look at your office, you've got baseballs and hats and bats, and yeah. you know, you've got a whole thing. And I have some of that, but it's not not on display sure. as much. You know, for me. Um, so I just I think it's cool that we give them the opportunity to remember it anyway. Yeah. No, I like that a lot. So let me ask you this then, Jeff. Then what was the most challenging thing about this last year for you? The most challenging thing was for me, uh, so I'm going to go two answers again, baseball and basketball. Mm-hmm. The most challenging thing for me in baseball was to like, okay, you can't just whim your way through this. Mm-hmm. People are expecting you to know what you're doing. Yeah. So... Um, and it was, you know, I was very, those first, whatever week or two, you know, I'm behind the plate thing. Ah, I got this. And I, you know, I can clearly tell not that I'm failing, but I'm not doing like I should, I'm not, I'm not performing like I should have, should be, or I have in the past. Mm-hmm. So as that was the most challenging thing for me, like, okay, pay, pay attention to what you're doing here. Get better at your plate jobs every day understand you know see that track that ball don't you know work on your timing all those things and you know recognize when you just call the strike when you know it's not those are all important things to do um so that was very challenging for me because before when i was doing baseball it it was you know very second nature for me Mm -hmm. you know because i saw a lot of pitches so um so that was a very challenging thing for basketball the most challenging thing was actually getting back at it Mm. because like i said it was cut short. Mm-hmm. So it was like, okay, you're going to drive four hours. Not that I hadn't been driving before, but, you know, okay, you're going to drive four hours up to Green Bay. It, the weather's going to be bad. You're going to try and get back because you got to get to the next spot on, on Sunday. That was very challenging for me mentally to get through those obstacles. To And then it became a little bit more second nature, but... 
that was an early challenge for me in October, November. Like, ooh, you know, and, um, I, you know, I was hurt. Not, mm-hmm. not that I was uh, incapable of doing things, but I was hurt. So I was taking things a lot slower that off season than I had ever, ever in the past. Yeah. So um, it was uh, the whole that whole November December was a pretty tough challenge, and even a little bit in February when I was even getting more tired because I know that you know just Mike, I didn't work out as much in the summertime or in that that off season as I've always have in the past. So it was just a big, it was a big task. Yeah. So, but we got through it. Yep. Harder than I wanted it to be and probably harder than I thought it was going to be. I was pretty convinced, ah, you know, I'm fine. I'll be able to do it. Mm-hmm. And I did do it, but I'm not sure if I did it to the best of my ability that I've had in the past with mm-hmm. basketball. How no. about you? You know, for me, I think the most challenging thing for me about this last year was the off the court and field stuff. Um, you know, I think I got to a point in both sports this last year where I was really kind of coming into my own as far as uh, being comfortable in my own skin. In fact, it's funny at a camp uh, a couple weeks ago, I had a, a clinician say, "Chad, you know, you're just you're just comfortable in your own skin." Mm-hmm. You know, like there had been years before at camps where I would gotten so worked up before I hit the floor and everything else, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And now I'm like, I, I know what I can do. I know what I can't do. I know the strengths that I bring to what's there. I know the weaknesses. I know all that. And so I'm just, I, I am pretty comfortable with who I am and what I do, but it seemed to me really in both sports, uh, this year that there was just more, confusion and miscommunication and everything else than just about any season I've ever been a part of, you know, whether it was the switch over to RefQuest plus for a Mm. lot of people to where, you know, I used to say, well, you know, those of us on the basketball side, like it's pretty easy for us because we've been used to multiple different platforms and all, but yet there were even more this year. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and the way that, you did blocks in one was different than the way you did blocks in another. Sure. And you would think you had it right and you'd selected <laughs> all of them and you hadn't. And then all of a sudden, you know, there's a, there's an issue or whatever. And I have been the kind of person that has always been proud of how I handled that stuff. You know, that my calendar was up to date and that I wasn't going to have an issue with somebody and all that kind of thing. And then to have a couple of those hiccups happen this last year, you know, was was difficult for me. I, I, I did not want to be that guy because as an assigner, I know what it's like dealing with folks like that. And I did not want that to be the issue, um, you know, for, for me this year. Uh, hit that button. Yeah, you're good now. You just muted yourself for a minute. Way to go, Jeff. <laughs> if you all can see what's going on in this place. Man. <laughs> You know, Chad's giving his answer, and I see this red light just flashed at me. I'm like, oh, no. What's that mean? You know what I mean? So, see, every once in a while, Jeff likes to lean back in his chair. Yeah, yeah. So whenever you guys hear his volume level go down or you hear it artificially brought up because of what I did in editing, mm. um, it's because Jeff is like, I'm going to lean back. And he thinks he's just as close to the mic as he is, but he's not because now the position <laughs> of the mic changes. And while he's moving the mic,
mic, he often hits the mute button. And so that's what's happened. So the most challenging thing for me in the Uncommon Drive podcast is managing Jeff Cross. No, well, if you all could see Chad's face while I'm maneuvering. He's like, if his eyes could talk, he would be like, son of a gun. Just sit still, Cross. That's all you got to do, man, oh, man. So, uh, yeah, I could see that. You know, a lot of different platforms. You know, it's it's, things are constantly changing. They are. They're constantly changing. How well do we uh, adapt to that? And I'm glad that you take pride in handling your – your closed dates, mm-hmm. because I think um, not enough people do. Yeah, um, and not and there's on a whole nother level. There's a lot of people that think they do, but they really don't. Yeah, it's true. Oh yeah, I do really good at that, and then they make four mistakes a year. Yep, and they think they're doing just fine. So it's it's weird how we do that, right? We judge ourselves by four mistakes when. I finally made four mistakes in a week or in a day. Like, that's really not bad. It's a pretty yeah. good day. So, um, I agree. It's, and I remember those days. I remember thinking, geez, I just don't want to mess up. Keep my closed dates up today. I mean, just keep it always, all the time. And, uh, you know, I'm talking about my wife a lot, but the, just yesterday she says, hey, I'd like to go. Um, uh, it was, we were going somewhere. She saw something on sale she wouldn't go look at. And then she said, can we go to Target? I'm like, well, what are we going to Target for? And, and I, I don't mind Target because they have one thing that I really like, you know, sort of the egg wraps. Okay. So they have egg wraps at Target. So I said, like, yeah, I'll go check out egg wraps. But I said, but what do you what do you need to get from there? And she says, right now I'm working without a planner because her planner goes July to July gotcha. or June to July or whatever that is. So, and I'm like, well, that's crazy talk. Let's get you, you know, because yeah. I know how much that bothers Gina because. She's still an old school person, writes it all down, mm-hmm. you know, green for Jeff and whatever, red for Rayleigh. So I was okay with that. Yeah. I, I get it. I understand that. Um, but myself, I'm not a paper person. I'm, I got it all in, I got notes. Yeah. I got, I got my calendar right on my phone. I don't need it. I got websites. I don't, I don't really need it. Mm-hmm. Um, but Gina feels better that way. So, and I know that it's important to her. To keep yep. that schedule, whether or not it changes or not, she just feels better when she gets her in down. So um, we need more people, officials, to really be uh, paying extra close attention to those closed dates. Yeah. Well, and Jeff, what would you learn this last year? Um, I think... Yeah, I know you don't like this dead air, but I want to make sure I, I really process because I would say what I learned this year is, and I'm going to go to the summer. Okay. Couple things in officiating. There are a lot of good young officials out there, way more than we think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also believe it, it, it's okay, but I don't want, I don't, I don't think that the younger officials realize the potential talent they have. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just going through summer camp and, and I saw it really good. I mean, just across the board, it seemed like every time I watched someone work, they were like, you know, they were very, very good. 
and maybe maybe I was generous this summer. I have no idea, but it just it was very glaring to me that we did not have people that were, you know, chose the wrong profession. Yeah, we'll say right. So um, I think that was pretty good lesson for me because sometimes we get kind of wrapped up in our own world. Sure. Yeah. You know, listen, you know, no one's reading as many books as I'm reading. No one's, you know, doing, but they are, yeah. <laughs> they are. I, I remember asking a question cause you know, I, I like to read books and or listen to books. And I asked a question at camp in our, in our um, classroom session, you know, before the camp. And I said, Hey, before we get started, tell me, what books y'all are reading? Just to kind of get it. Hands went up everywhere. They were just shooting them out, spurting them out. I'm like, these people are reading books. They are doing those things. I'm just the only one talking about it, evidently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I thought that was very, very cool that they were doing that. And that was that's happening uh, just amongst community, right? Not yep. just, you know, the officials. So I thought that was very, very cool. And two, the second one thing I would say is... You know, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go into Jack a little bit, uh, as we talked about earlier. Jack spent a big part of his por- big portion of his life, you know, struggling in his fitness. He just needed someone to point him in the right direction. Mm-hmm. That's all he needed. He needed someone to kind of buy into. Okay, I'm gonna help you. That's all he needed. The things he was doing are not like, you know, they're not miraculous by any means. He's just doing basic stuff and he's working hard. But he, I don't even, I, I hesitate to say have someone believe in him. But I think it, he almost needed someone outside of his family to believe in him. Because it's hard. It's hard for uh, people that are real close to you to say, you really need to work on your fitness because mm-hmm. they're family and they love you and you don't want that person to be discouraged. Uh, so when when a guy like Jack, when I reach out to Jack and we decide we're going to do this, we talk to mom and dad and we decide we're going to do this, it was, it's amazing how he just took on the role of what he was going to do. And when he decided to do that, it wasn't a big deal. He's yeah. like, okay, I can do it. And then here we are seven weeks later. But all he needed was one little push to go up the hill. Yep. Um, I don't know what it's going to look like in the future, but there's there's so many people around us that we have a chance to affect, but we don't because we're afraid to reach out. We're afraid to you know offend. We're afraid that maybe they don't want our help. They're, they're, whatever we're afraid of. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I've said this before. I don't know if I've said it before, but I've heard it. When you got a guy like Jack, who is just a freshman, but clearly struggling in his fitness, he needs to understand as much as we love him and we love his heart and his personality, but you were meant for such better things. Mm -hmm. And he needed someone to tell him that. And if you're listening and you know someone like that, you know a young young kid or even a friend that is just struggling in that way, reach out to see if you can help because they didn't they just may need someone because when you're around all the people that are telling you you're doing good, thumbs up, 
keep up the good work. You're doing good. And meanwhile, you're elbow deep in a bag of Doritos. Mm-hmm. You're not doing good. You're not doing good. So it's it's a very difficult thing to do. But I think ultimately what I learned is kids are looking for adults to follow. And it's our job to help those kids, give them a good example for something to follow. I, I like that. And I would say, you know, you said all he needed was a little push. That's that's not totally and entirely accurate. He just needed a little push to get started. Sure. But what's made the difference is that you didn't do it as a one-time push and then walk away. Mm-hmm. You stayed invested mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in him and you know i think back to a couple of the camps that i've been at this year both as um both as a camper and as a clinician okay right between the the two sports what's very interesting is you take somebody that's i'll, I'll just use the word newer okay, okay? Mm-hmm. and We'll take basketball, for instance. They come to the court, and typically at a camp setting, you know, you get to the court 20 minutes before your game because you're coming from another place or whatever, you know, and you try to find your other two officials, and you're trying to learn names before you get on the court. Look at the pictures of them. Is that them? That's right. right. You know, and it's it's not a a traditional pregame or anything like that, but you're trying to, you know, give a couple things, right? Mm -hmm. And when you watch those pregames, it's so interesting. Some of them are all about, well, hey, you, you know, you cover your primary, you know, let's not have double whistles. Let's not, you know, and it's it's very black and white. Let's let's do the mechanics the right way. Mm-hmm. Right. There's other people that it's just almost a detached, ah, we're gonna be fine. Don't worry about it. Just go out there, have fun, blah, blah, blah. Right. And then there's others that it's well, tell me a little bit about yourself. Mm-hmm. Who are you? Where you work in? What you doing? And not from a oh, do they work higher levels than me or not? I don't mm-hmm. mean that, but just you know, just kind of that building a little bit of chemistry, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. And what's really interesting is when you have on that crew. Let's say you got a newer official, and one of the partners is don't call in my area. Let's not have double whistles. Yada yada yada. And the other official is, that, man, tell me about yourself. What's going on? How you... I Every time, whether I'm on the court or I'm watching, whether it's baseball, basketball, whatever, if there's any sort of issue in that game, that newer official, guess which other official they're going to go to. It's not the one that said, don't call in my area. That's right. <laughs> they're going to the one that showed they cared about them yep. before it started. Mm-hmm. You yep. know? And... I think I think you're exactly right, Jeff. We don't understand the power that we have to influence other people. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we have said on this podcast, I don't know how many times, that at the end of your officiating career, mm-hmm. it's not going to matter how many Final Fours you worked. Right. It's going to matter who you worked them with. Mm-hmm. And in, in my career, I, I may not attain all the goals that I hope to attain. I may, who knows, but I may not. And if I don't, then I get to choose. Am I going to be the bitter person that sees those new officials coming up as the ones that are going to get what I don't? Or 
am I going to be the giving person that says, well, man, if, if it's not in the cards for me, I want to help it be in the cards for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's a tough place to get to because no matter how unselfish we think we are, there is still selfish motivation, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. at the heart of what we do, mm-hmm. you know, you know, you love getting that, that email about the conference tournament. Well, one day that email's not going to come That's right. and it's going to go to somebody else. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have to make that decision. Do I reach out, congratulate the person that got it? Mm-hmm. Or do I sulk over the fact that I didn't? Yeah. Right. You yeah. know, when the, when the early schedule comes out, you know, and I was given this many games at this level and this many games at that level. Am I going to be bitter because it wasn't flip-flopped? Mm-hmm. You know, whatever that might be. And so I, I think it's not just that initial push, mm-hmm. but I think that it's the willingness to continue to walk alongside. Mm-hmm. And it's a little different in officiating because you, you don't see those people every day most of the time. Yeah, yeah. You know, but that ability to, to check in see how they're doing I, I will use this name again uh, on the podcast i know he listens from time to time but uh, there's a, a young official from the st louis area his name is colin thiel mm-hmm. colin's a, take official out of it colin's just a great guy mm-hmm. you know young guy in his 20s unbelievably smart yeah works as a professional in an industry that is very demanding mm-hmm. you know all that kind of thing and Colin is just skyrocketing in his officiating, mm-hmm. you know, career. He is going to do leaps and bounds more than I will ever do. And I remember working some of his earliest NCAA games with him. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But yet, because of the relationship that we developed, every time that I see, like, he he worked the GLVC conference tournament this mm-hmm. last year. Yeah. I was so, I got to work with him the just a couple days before his conference tournament game. Mm-hmm. And I was so excited. Like, there was no bitterness. There was no jealousy. There was no nothing because he and I developed a relationship where I was invested in him. Mm. And I think what happens is, you know, this Jack that you're talking about, this is somebody you're invested in. You've mm-hmm. you've developed a relationship with him. So I would say if you're struggling as an official with that jealousy component or whatever it might be, try investing in the relationship. Because mm-hmm. it's really hard to be jealous of somebody that you really care about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. You know? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, why we all we say all the time, we, we want our kids to do bigger and better things than what we did. Yeah. Right. Why? Well, because we're invested in them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Well, I, I want my, I, this is a horrible term, but my kids in the officiating world, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that they're younger than me. It may just mean they're newer than me, whatever. Right. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. I, I want them to do bigger and better. Yeah. Because I do get to take ownership in that if I help them along the way. And I think that's really important. You're so right too, because I'm, I'm thinking back at, you know, the, the personalities that we run into and the ones that are not happy with, with the way their officiating career is going in whatever direction it is, you know, I see very little investment in the people around them. Mm. I not that they're not doing it, but from an outsider looking in, I I don't see much investment And I think that's a great word. The investment is, is where it's at. Yeah. 
you know, that can make you go to bed, go to sleep a little bit easier at night because you're invested in someone or some more than one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we, when we get invested, we want the best for them and we want more than what we have. And I yeah. think that's that's pretty cool. Um, I think it feels good too, Chad. Yeah. It just does. It's all there is to it. It feels good. You know, we, when when Jack loses a pound, it feels good for me. Sure. It feels when Jack benches a little bit more than he did last week, it feels good for me. And I, you know, I may not do anything. I sometimes I go in there and he just works out and I just go one, two, three. You know what I mean? That's all I yeah. do. And when he gets the ten where he only did seven last week, that feels good to me. Absolutely. So um yeah, if you want to feel good, how about investing? Yep. Investing in the people that are around you. You know, and um most people will take that investment. Yeah. Everyone, I, I would love it. I love when people invest in me, right? Mm-hmm. You know, everyone, it feels good to to receive it and to give it. It's like yeah. Christmas. Absolutely. I, I mentioned Christmas. <laughs> oh, I, <coughs> oh, bless Pardon you. Pardon me. Him COVID. bringing up Christmas made me sneeze. Mm-hmm. I must be allergic. Um, so uh, I'll kind of wrap up by saying the thing that I learned this year is that um, as our roles develop as officials, um, we have to understand that that doesn't mean that we do the same thing every day, every night, every day, every night. So, for instance, when when I was coming up through both sports and trying to figure out the thing that I could bring to the table, mm-hmm. you know, and I've, I've mentioned this before, I, I feel like the thing that I can bring to the table is rules knowledge. I feel like the thing that I can bring to the table is communication and game management, stuff like that. Like, I feel like I really, I really do that part of the equation well. In fact, it was funny, we had a minor league baseball game just a couple weeks ago i'm working on a crew with a guy who uh, has worked multiple college world series in omaha okay and uh i'm working the game and we had a we had just a really cruddy situation happen on the very first batter of the game batter (laughs) bunts a ball comes up the ball hits the batter but as I'm trying to get around and get a look at it, catcher slides over in front of me. I am totally blocked out. I have no idea at the time that the ball hit the batter whether he was clearly out of the box or not. Like everything in my head said, yeah, he probably was. Mm-hmm. But I didn't see it. And I can't call what I don't see, mm-hmm. you know, in that moment. So play finishes. They ask us to get together. So we get together. I'm talking to my two partners. Yeah, we got to, you know, he was he was out when he got when he got hit. All right. So I said, "Well, here's here's what's going to happen. I'm going to signal that. I said then I'm going to have to deal with this coach over here who's now going to be frustrated that, you know, his batter's out and that kind of thing and all." So we go, we deal with it, we do it everything. No big deal. And after the game, we come in and that person who who was our crew chief, you know, mm-hmm. he's He's giving a debrief and all. We were talking about maybe a couple things that I could have done differently and all that kind of stuff. And he said at the end of it, he said, but you know, Chad, he said, the one thing I always tell officials is, that, you know, you got to work on your game management. got to work on your game management. He goes, you may be the first person I don't have to say that to. Mm-hmm. Because once the situation hit, like you couldn't handle that much better mm-hmm. than what you did. <laughs> I wanted to be like, well, it's because I've gotten to enough mistakes in my life. I've had to learn how to dig out of them. <laughs> you know? right, yeah. It's not because I'm good. It's because I was bad. Right. But, uh, but that... 
you know, that's that's really important to, to know what strengths that you bring. But just know that even though you may bring those strengths, you don't always have to be the one to display them. So what I mean is like I've seen some crew chiefs, they'll come to a game and, and one of their partners starts to get in trouble. Guess what they do? They go over and they handle it. Mm. Well, what's that told that other official? It's told that other official, well, you can't handle it. Mm-hmm. You know, and all of a sudden you can take somebody's confidence away. You can, you can rob them of that. You know, you may know the rule, but instead just coming in and say, well, hey, the rule says this, we need to blah, blah, blah. What if you said, well, hey guys, what do we need to do here? Mm-hmm. And give them the opportunity mm-hmm. to be the one that feels like Superman, here I come to save the day, right? Right, right. You know, and by, that doesn't diminish what you're able to bring. Mm-hmm. Because sure. at the end of the day, if they get it wrong, you can still step in and be like, no, guys, we got we to do this. Mm-hmm. But by giving other people the opportunity to do that. Um, and so that's something that, that I learned this year. I went from feeling like I had to prove myself in those moments. And again, maybe that part of that is that being comfortable in the skin kind of thing and all. But now being like, okay, well, let's, let's give them a minute here. Mm-hmm. And now if it, if it does start to go off the rails, well, then I can step in and I can do something. But I don't have to do it right away. You know, I can, I can take time and let them develop. I've also, I want to make this point because I've actually lived this. Mm-hmm. It's also our job to recognize when maybe we're over our head in our communication mm. and ask for the crew chief's help. Ah, oh, that's good. And I'm going to give you the explanation that happened. So we had a whatever, some play. I don't even know what the play was. But my partner was in front of the coach and was explaining the play, the ruling, some sure. obscure rule, right? And uh, ultimately what we were doing is we were shooting free throws in front of the coach that had offended. Okay. And uh, the, the officials trying to explain it, trying to explain it, you know what I mean? And I'm on board. Everyone's on board with this correct ruling. And ju- the coach just isn't buying it. Okay. This official, to their credit, holds up and says, come to the crew chief, which is me at the time. Can you go help explain this to him? Because he, he's not understanding what I'm trying to tell him. And went over there. I explained it to the coach. Took us a few more minutes, but we got through it. And the coach was able to understand the situation. And I thought to myself, that is, first of all, I don't know if I would have the wherewithal mm-hmm. as a young official to say, I know we're doing it right, but I, I don't know how to explain it to the coach to where they understand it. Yeah. And and just to say, tag out, right? You're yep. in, even though we're we both agree. Maybe you have some other lines or some other way of communication that's going to help this coach understand. And I thought, man, that's just amazing. So yeah, if you're an official, whether you're a crew chief or not, if you're if you're struggling, you could be a crew chief and not very good at game management. Yeah, right. You better recognize who is at the floor on the floor or on the field. And have them use that if you or understand that safety net is there, mm-hmm. right? How many times would we, as as whatever the the best communicator on the on the on the crew, would we not have to step in if we knew that official would go, hey, listen, I, I know I'm not doing very good here. Can you come help me in this situation? No, I like that. What a what a great concept. So, yeah. and when when I when I was living it, I'm like, oh man, this is uh, it's. I didn't know I was going to be able to do any better, but it was great that this official didn't want to give up on the situation. Yeah. Let's 
re, let's let's use all of our resources here to get this coach to de-escalate a little bit. Yeah. So. Well, hey, everybody, I know that some of you are still in the midst of seasons. You've still got summer baseball going on. You've been working travel basketball. you got football kicking off. you got volleyball. you got whatever. And so maybe this isn't hitting for you at the same time that it's hitting for us. But, of course, we know in the podcast world you could be listening to this anytime. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, uh, you know, we would love to hear what some of your favorite moments of the last year were, to know what some of your biggest challenges were the last year. We'd like to know what, what you learned. And so just like we shared at the beginning of the episode, shoot us an email at uncommondrivepodcast at gmail.com. We'll share some of those mm-hmm. uh, with everybody because I think that's a great way for us to learn and be encouraged uh, as we hear some of those things. We would love for you to uh, to share that with us. Uh, we hope that as you move into this next uh, academic year, uh, you know, with, with all the things that come with that, that uh, you are gearing up to be uncommon in your approach to life to leadership and to the legacy that you're going to leave. And uh, we appreciate you taking the time to allow us to be a part of it mm-hmm. as you listen to our podcast. Thanks so much, everybody. See we'll you. talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Uncommon Drive podcast. Be sure to check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And be sure to leave us a five-star rating.